You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Take one. Knock, knock. Who this? We're Stephen and Dana, and we can't believe you thought our fucking podcast. It's podcast. We're so glad you're listening to it. We would never listen to it. I don't even want to listen to it to edit it. I don't even want to wake up in the morning. We're Stephen and Dana, and we're in the room. Hello. Hi. Hi. Dana, we're in the room with Asmarat Gabra McCall. Asmarat Gabra McCall. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Stephen knows you, but I don't. Did I get it right? That was perfect. You nailed it. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> Hi, Queen. Hi, how are you? Hi. I'm well. I'm uh, what? I'm hot. It's hot out. It got oh, real hot real fast. It's hot up here. I went outside to get a coffee and that was it. But I've been blasting the air conditioning ever since. Ever since. Yeah. Yeah. Things we say now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I know. Um, Dana, please. You. Well, I have a clipboard. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I get to say what I'm going to say up top. Is it a pink so, clipboard? It is wooden with a lime green moment. Uh, okay, so Asmaret, welcome. We're so excited to have you in the room. We can see you, not on the podcast, but like we're here visually. We're looking at your face. We can see that Lauren Molina is in the background because you guys are booking TV shows. Love it. <laughs> You're working, working, working. But queens anyway, amongst queens. So for our listeners, as Marette, you know her from Broadway, <laughs> Footloose, Wicked, Spamalot, Legally Blonde, Elf, Book of Mormon, Off-Broadway, she was in Lone Star, Love, and In the Heights, The West End, she was in Book of Mormon as well. Hello. And <laughs> Dream Girls. Yes. Oh my God. And you've also gotten to do some TV which includes the Legally Blonde when they had their, you know, on MTV moment back in the day. Yes. And then also The Wiz Live. That is correct. Uh, I also did Sweet Charity opposite Sutton Foster for the new group. Yes. We love the new group. Yeah, we do love the new group. I believe it was from November to January. Yes, it was. <laughs> You better know my stats. Dana. I'm like, I'm just going to do select things, but I'm going to take note of when she did that. I love um, it. Fabulous, fabulous. Uh, my roommate happens to know you from submissions only. Oh, yes. That is also a thing I do. <sighs> You're just everything. We don't even know where to begin. But oh, we, my goodness. I guess we have to. <laughs> I, I mean, we do have to. I don't know whether to start at the beginning or at like present day and work our way back. You know, we can just like sit and gaze at each other, but that's not fun for the listeners. <laughs> well, I haven't seen you in so long, so I really am just like looking at you and wanting to hold you in my hands. You're the most beautiful person I've ever seen. Oh my God. You're very sweet. Thank you. That's Especially like on Zoom. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Um, okay, well, I I want to start with a fun fact. Go ahead, go ahead. Dana knows uh, where where in Ethiopia your family is from. 
Well, her family is from north of Ethiopia. Uh, from Eritrea? Yes. That's how you say it? Okay. Yeah, so, and your name, does it stem from the capital city? Yes, it does. Okay, yes! Okay, amazing. So my brother and my sister-in-law did the Peace Corps. They did the Peace Corps overseas for two years in Ethiopia in Mekali. You can say it either way, but that's like hours away from Eritrea. Yeah. Um, So my brother, like he can speak Tigray. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Like very specifically Tigray, yeah. like Tig like Tigrana. Um, so yeah, when I heard that that was where you're from, I'm like, oh my God, she loves injera. Oh my god, I just visited him. He had a he has an injera maker. They get like berberry, like they get yes. the spices. Yes, we are hooked up. Where is he? <laughs> He's in uh north north, New Hampshire. And so, yeah, they're just, they're all about it. They miss it so much. Well, I was just home visiting my parents in Pittsburgh, and I have come back with a whole shitload of (laughs) and Berbere and and the collard greens. I have like five or six different dishes that I made my mother make. Cool, cool. Yeah, just last week, um, we did a podcast episode and it was Ethiopian food night. And so I had to be like, time out. I have to go downstairs. They waited for me. They were making beef tibs with the injera and the vegetables. And my brother was so proud of himself. He was like, he's like, this is the, this is better than anything you'll ever have in the United States. I swear to God. It's like Um, my comfort food. That's my comfort food. Yeah. Ah, and I understand it. Yeah. Although I have to put a lot of yogurt with it because it can, it can get spicy. Yeah. And my mom made a batch of it when I got home and I was like, this is good. But she didn't taste any of it because she um, she was having like a weird stomach thing. So she didn't taste it. And I was like, it just, it just tastes different. I was like, it's not as spicy as it normally is. Well, I'm like eating my words now because she added so much more berber to it and salt. And I was I was like eating it last night. It's like, <laughs> mom can take a note. Mom just really made mom that. can take a note. Holy moly. But yeah, I've been there. So I I was just so excited to That's learn amazing. that you were from near there. So I'm so impressed. Yeah, so Eritrea used to be part of Ethiopia. And they fought a 30-year civil war. And my parents actually came to the U.S. in the midst of that. And they couldn't go back because Haile Selassie, who was a dictator of Ethiopia, would not let people go back into the country. Wow. Wow. And Pittsburgh, right? Like, they went immediately? Well, they went to to a few different places first. Also, fun fact, the most random fact you'll ever hear. My mom went to school in South Dakota. And my dad went to school in Oklahoma. Wow. And, yeah. And my uncle, my mom's brother was a, um, was a professor at the University of Pittsburgh. So they ended up going to be with him. Um, yeah. Were they together and then went to school separately? Or Yes. They knew, yeah, they knew each other at home. And then okay. they went to school separately. Yeah. I think they it's hairy. The details in there are hairy. I think they were ended up in Baltimore for a little while because, like, Baltimore, DC area is like the hub for Habitat mm-hmm. people who are okay. Ethiopian Eritrean. Um, and then they went 
then they split again, I think. Wow. They don't really talk about it. I love it. that. Ask them. You have to like get the info out of them. Like, <laughs> you know, we did this and that. And you're like, what? Okay. But it's interesting, even though for them, it's just what they did. Exactly. I know. Exactly. It's interesting. Yeah. I'm so impressed. <laughs> when our parents become our kids and we just want to know every little bit about their life. Yes, exactly. When did that happen? I don't know. It freaks me out, though. I just learned that my dad had two college courses at an actual college. I had no idea he had done any of that. It's like, oh, yeah, I went to Mitchell College. Like, what? Why did I know that? He was like, y'all never forget it because his middle name is Mitchell. Like, these are things That's that why. I should just, like... That's in Connecticut, right? Yeah, like, yes. I should know that. I stayed at the dorms last year when I worked at the O'Neill. I did the, the theater conference at the for the O'Neill Center, and they house the actors in some of the dorms there. No, wait, is there a big bar in there? That. Yes. There's, it's kind of like a gorgeous, weird campus. It's bizarre. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It feels like, it feels like this, like, weird... Pleasantville sort of like <laughs> that kind of thing because the because all the the dorms on campus or on that campus are so pretty they're like pastel colored and you know anyway it's a magical place. Well, Penny works at the O'Neill a lot. She teaches out there from time to time. Ah, yeah, I loved it there. Friend of the podcast, um, Penny Fuller. There you yeah, go. <laughs> I need to put the lower thirds. Right. <laughs> um, okay, so I, I, I have a question I've been dying to ask you actually forever, but I okay. uh, haven't seen you in so long. And mm-hmm. I want to know, because I've always been so curious about this, um, how one goes from New York to the West End and back and how like that, I mean, yes, the logistics of like how the different <laughs> equities work is very mm-hmm. interesting to me, but I'm more interested, duh, in the um, in the process, in the vibe, in the community, in the, you know, you're you're the American on their turf. Like, yeah, are you welcomed? Is that does that cross over that sense of theatrical community that we have so strongly here? Yeah, it does. It's a little bit different. Um, it's a little bit different, but it is still very much a community. You know, it's, it's, it's just, it has that same sort of familial spirit, of course, because we, first of all, work on top of each other. So you just like get intimate real fast. Um, it was, it was weird for me going there at first because. Which for context, if, correct me if I'm wrong, that was with Book of Mormon. First, yeah. Brought you out yes. there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Funny story. I actually was teching the Wiz live on the soundstage when I got a call to to ask if I wanted to go and do the show. I was like, yes, of course I want to go to London and star in the Book of Mormon. Yes. Well, that's a good day. Yeah. Um, I was like in a munchkin costume or something. I couldn't even move, but I was like, yeah. um, When it rains, it pours. I know, I know. Um, yeah, so, I, so I, I went over there and the way they do, they, they do huge turnovers in the, in the West End. So like the, the one thing that was helpful was that most of the cast before me was leaving. So there was a, there was a big number of people coming in at the same time as me. So that was helpful. The only, the only thing that was hard was that 
people in, in London live way far out because central London is so expensive. And so, you know, we're used to hanging out and like going for drinks after rehearsal or after the show. And so you don't have that as much except for like Saturday nights because Sunday is their off day. So like it, mm. it, it's more of an event when people go out. Wow. Um, and especially with Mormon, because everyone was in rehearsal mode, I, there weren't many people around. I was jet lagged for the for my rehearsal process. And they had already rehearsed for a few weeks before I came in because I knew the show. So I didn't right. have to, I didn't have to come in. Um, so it the the adjustment period there was a little bit uh, took a little bit longer than than say with Dreamgirls. So although Dreamgirls was an entirely intense experience coming in for other reasons. Cause I basically got a phone call and was there 10 days later rehearsing. So that had its own <laughs> challenges. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah. But, it, but, but it, yeah, there, there's, it's, it's very much a, a tight knit community and um, you know, they don't have to be equity. That's another difference. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's not, it's not mandatory. I think it has something to do with Margaret Thatcher in the eighties and, and getting rid of unions, labor unions. Um, so there would be these equity meetings and I was like, where's everybody? Ah. <laughs> where, are y'all, where are y'all going? Um, <laughs> so it, that's the only, you know, and, and I, I was there living in the middle of central London. I was flown over. And so, um, you know, it was a very, very charmed experience. Um, and then, you know, you just get used to sort of, sort of the, you know, everyone, running to catch the train, the tube at the end of the night. Sure. Um, yeah. But it was, it, cool it, was it was it was amazing. It was amazing both times. I mean I can't believe I got to do it twice, you know. Sure. Did were, were you in it in London at the same time as Gavin? Did you have like no, your buddy? Gavin, no. Gavin and Jared opened the show with um Alexia Kadame who was also Elphaba in Wicked. So I replaced her and I only did it for a few months, but I was with Brian Sears, who I originated the show with and KJ Hippensteel, who came in later on. So I knew, I knew the guys. Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Were you, forgive me, um, Stephen probably knows this, but were you in anything when quarantine went into effect? No. Okay. So you were like in between. Yeah. Stuff? I was in between, yeah. Just auditioning and. Um, actually I had a part-time job at a gym just to make some extra money. <laughs> so sure. I was working at a fancy gym at the front desk a couple days a week just to like yes. make money. Yeah. And the bath yeah. products. And the bath products, honey. That's right. I, yeah, they did have, I only worked there for a couple weeks. I, I forget what products they had, but they were like really nice. And there's an infrared sauna. Can you say the name of the gym or is it top secret? Yeah, it's a complete. I think I actually. I think so. It's complete. Complete body on Fourteenth Street, okay. um, which has another branch in the limelight, which I still think is so bizarre that that <laughs> that, place, that place has seen so much. The ghosts of the past <laughs> are now working out. So many ghosts. I know. I know. Yeah. So you've been in New York uh, for a long time. A long if, time. If you're referencing old time limelight. Bless you. I mean, I'm referencing Footloose, so I obviously have been here a long time. <laughs> when do I when do I take that off of my resume? <laughs> Never. Maybe today. Yeah, exactly. The last. 
yeah. t- today you decided on this podcast, yeah. taking it <laughs> off, ripping off the band-aid. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, are we allowed to talk about Abby Lee Miller for I a second? Ask me that. Um, we can't not because you were, and we actually share this, and I don't know if you know this, like competi- dance competition kit. Where did you Where did you go? Um, out in LA, I was at Bobby's School of Performing Arts okay. uh, under the watchful eye of Mandy Moore. Uh, but it was oh, all—I mean, it was all before cell phones were advanced enough to capture any of it. Um, and I just—I remember watching season one of the Abby Lee Miller. I don't even remember what it was called. What was it Dance called? Moms. Dance Moms. Hello. Um, I remember watching season one and thinking oh my God, this was my childhood. And oh my God, I'm so glad there were no cameras. For real. And then when I found out that you had trained there. Well, she mentions my name in season one. (laughs) And they tried to get me on the show a number of times. And you said, "Mm mm-mm. Yeah, I said, hell (laughs) regretfully declined (laughs) yeah thanks but no thanks yeah i she was like a second mom to me i mean like we we got in the car and and would drive you know six hours to new york there were like five of us at a time and we would all share a hotel room and go see shows and go take class and audition and yeah because you were so close to the city. See, my experience, I was yeah. so, I, I wanted to be in the city. I wanted to be uh, like doing the real stuff while I was also training for the real stuff. But yeah. it just, there wasn't enough access. Sure, I did shows, but um, I really relied on those competitions to double as my performance opportunities. Totally. Um, totally. And and we have, I mean, I, have, I don't know about you, but I have so many friends to this day because of it. I was just talking, like Allison Porter and I grew up together, um, who was curly. Very school. bonding experience. Yeah, yeah. Like, learn to, I don't know. It, I mean, like doing a show, like putting up a new show and being yeah. in an original company, you know, there's something about uh, being the bodies working as one unit to create this thing that's like built on you and how you were feeling that day yeah. and I feel you know, like if you sweat together, I mean, you're bonded for life. Well, and what you go through. I mean, those those competitions are crazy. And like, I, How did I, we do it? I used to, I pushed so hard. I mean, like, I remember we were rehearsing for nationals one year. And I had, I had done my solo so many times. And the studio was so hot. That very studio that's on the show. I had done started my number and it was like the floor was all was slick because of all the heat in the room and I remember like I I'd done my solo more times than I needed and I started I did a turn and I went to go like step out and do a saute and my foot slid out from under me and I fell on my face <laughs> and Abby turned the music off and she was like you're working too hard she's like take a break like it was like you know because you just like the pressure that you feel to win and and be seen by all these professionals sure. who, you know, who you're, you're auditioning for essentially. Like 
it was such high stakes. I gave myself a nosebleed one time. I remember <laughs> I was so stressed out about going against somebody that I was really nervous about. Huge, running off stage in tears because yes. you hopped on your fuetes. Yes. Not, not landing the triple pirouette or whatever. It's like so insane. It's crazy. Yeah. Rejection never made me cry the way... Uh, I don't know, having a shitty competition weekend yeah. did. Yeah. Nothing worse. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh I'm like sweating and nervous that when I go out of my bedroom, <laughs> there's going to be a cassette tape of judges' notes with my oh name my on God, it. Remember? With I Rhonda actually, Miller's voice. Rhonda Miller. Queen. I judged the competition one time, and, um, and I apparently was like one of the tougher judges and and they made a comment to me about scoring like she like made a joke about me scoring really low and so I, I lightened up a little bit but I was never asked back again I was like I must have been too hard on on her kids but it was a, it was a part of the country where like there were some really great students but for the most part there were like there were a lot of weaker students showing up so I told them the truth listen I always wanted to do that. I applied a couple times. They were yeah. like, I need an MC who like has dance knowledge, but can like keep it light, keep it light. Like, here's my resume. Yeah. I actually, um, because I, I grew up doing New York City dance lines. Yep. So I know Joe Jill Terry. Well. And um, and I was actually before quarantine happened, I was I was trying to get on that train. Sure. It's a long, they're long days though. They're long days. I, God, I remember it well. <laughs> so, yes, yes, I did grow up there. We don't speak. <laughs> Someday, I'll write Were about. you a theater kid first or a dance kid no, first? dance kid. Dance and kid. what, how did the dancing transition into um, the music house? I... Um, I think I auditioned. I always, I always could sing. Like I just like singing around the house. But I, um, God, that's like a voice of the choir. And I feel like I'm, I'm like this is like me. Um, I, I auditioned for this school play. I think when I was in the sixth grade, it was The Wiz. I auditioned to be Dorothy, and I got it. Um, <laughs> 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 Right. But Broadway was always because we were so close to New York, Broadway was always a goal. It was just that, you know, I could I could actually sing and dance. So I think when Abby saw that, I started taking voice lessons and um, started focusing on on doing on doing musicals, and not just dance. Um, mm -hmm. Then we came to New York and I saw music. I saw Broadway shows and I was like, that's what I want to do. So I, I was more active in that, although because the studio was so intense there were times where i would have to like pull out of the school musical because abby like i i didn't do the mystery of edwin drood one year because we were going to toronto for a dance competition like i had to pull out and i was so yeah. gotten drood i was gonna play drood um you know stuff like that like sure so it was, it wasn't really, I mean, I was, I was always preparing and then Abby was bringing us to New York. So I, I was, I was starting to audition when I was like 15, 16. At the professional level. God. At the professional level. Yeah. 
there's just not enough time in the day. And I think that's such, uh, it's so hard for kids, especially like middle school, high school, where at some point, like if you like sports and the arts, at some point you have to choose one because there's yeah. only so much you can do after yeah. school. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So I hope there's a parallel universe where I'm like a softball star <laughs> because I did not go that route. But could I have? Yes. Star of softball. I love it. Yes. You're a Rockford peach. I would, be a, I would be a Rockford peach and like darn good at it. You're amazing. <laughs> Speaking Man. of Lauren Molina, star of the Skivvies. Which yes, is like a New York centric uh, cabaret uh, smorgasbord. Band. It's a yeah. it's it's a bop. It's a band. It's an event. It's an evening. It uh, there's a clip of you. Hi! Yes, yes, yes. There's a clip of you just having gotten off the plane and arriving <laughs> at 54 below, and you're like. Hello, she's like Lauren. Didn't even know if you were there. She's like, eh, uh, hello, are you here? And you, you're like, yes. yes. It was amazing. It's so good. Before, before, like while the show started, while and the I, show started, and the reason I was late, the reason I missed my flight in the first place, <laughs> is because I got all the way to LAX and didn't have my pogo ball, which I needed for that routine. Girl, That's you could have gone to Kmart. You could have had Steven go to Kmart. I, I didn't think it through. <laughs> I'm telling you now, if you're ever in that scenario, just text Steven Ferrazzi. He will go get you a pogo ball. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. If I don't already have one. We didn't, so we didn't rehearse it. Brilliant. We didn't rehearse the number. I happened to bounce. Oh my God, I, I bounced to that whole, the, the crisscross wrap. Jump, jump. Insane. I was obsessed with crisscross. My brother and I, I'm Chris and I'm cross. I could, okay. I could have been a softball star and the third member of crisscross 1984, like right here. Yeah. Look, I'm wearing overalls today too. I don't, but I have both of them. Yes. And they would like undo one and one would be like, way. And they were in backwards. Yes. Yes. And then they had a song. My favorite song was I Miss the Bus. And I'll never, ever, ever, ever do it again. I miss the bus. I have a friend that thought warm it up. Chris was warm it up cuz. Like this recently came out. <laughs> she was like, warm it up cuz. Like, what? Mm, no, it's Chris. Chris. I <laughs> love those moments so much when you realize for your whole life, you've been saying something wrong. Yeah, I have a couple of those. Oh, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> I used to think Little Red Corvette, this is embarrassing. Little Red Corvette was. <laughs> no, no. Lime, come. I don't know what that means, but I thought it was some kind of like African. <laughs> it, <I laughs> My mean... favorite one is um, Tina Turner's What's Love Got to Do With It. We always, when I was little, I thought it was squats love got to do. Listen, it sounds like squats love, not a joke. <laughs> yes. Squats love. I could use some squats love these days. Actually. <laughs> I took a couple weeks off from a, any kind of fitness regime. Good. 
Yeah, Let your me body too. Rest. Just a couple weeks. Thank you. Just for a couple, you know what I mean? Just, you know, a fitness sabbatical, if you will. Like 73 weeks. I will. <laughs> I most <laughs> certainly will. Oh my God. I'm yeah. sweating so hard. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about your beautiful article that was recently published on the World Wide Web. Thank you. You wrote a beautiful article um, speaking to the systemic racism within the theater community and your experiences with it and um, your, your, your vow to not stand for it anymore and i i want to applaud you um and thank you for sharing those sharing that with us sharing your experiences and being vulnerable and opening your heart uh and letting us all in that's it's i think it's huge i think it's huge i i know that you uh, i had seen something Oh, it was, I think your chat with Josh Gad, everyone, at oh, yeah. Josh Gad, if you want to go uh, watch yes, that. In his, yes, in his IGTV. Yeah, and also on your Soch as well. But um, yeah. you had said, you had mentioned other people who had um, come out and so eloquently and thoughtfully made statements. Mm-hmm. And I just have to say, you are one of those people. <laughs> and I know it must have been scary putting words to paper or and like having the world read them. Uh, sure. But I, yeah, I thought it was just gorgeous and beautiful and very thoughtful and eloquent as well. And, you. you know, a thought leader. You are a blooming thought leader. Thank you. I appreciate again, that. I mean, going back to like the high stakes, you know, to to put your name on your experience um, when it hasn't always been sunshine and rainbows yeah. uh, and calling the powers that be out. It takes something that not everyone has to be able to do. Yeah, you know, I think the, the, the most humbling thing was receiving messages from people in the business who thanked me because they've gone through similar experiences and didn't have the the courage to to speak up or speak out you know or didn't know if they could or if anyone would listen and i think i think that that talk with jo- with josh was actually the catalyst for so much of of this now for me um, and even that, I was like, what, you really want to go live right now? Like we were just, I was in my living room drinking coffee and he was like, you know, if you ever, like, if you ever want to go live, I would love to use my platform. And so I was like, yeah, okay. So then we just kept chatting and then he was like, let's do it right now. And I was like, okay. So cool. <laughs> oh, this is how you roll. All right. Yeah. And so we just did it. And it, you know, I, I can't believe for also that like a lot of people sat through that 18 minutes and <laughs> watched the whole thing, but um, you know, I think in the, in the midst of all of this, all of this information being brought to light that so many people are doing, you know, um, I think what's, I think what is having the most impact is, is the stuff that's personal, you know, it's more tangible, I think. And so that's what, you know, that's what I'm learning too. It's like by, by, speaking from my own experience and because we're not monolithic there, everyone has different, you know, experiences and perspectives and ways of telling these stories. Um, 
there's a ton of information for people to latch on to, you know, and um, yeah, I mean, I think that it was funny when I was working on it, it like it came out very quickly. I didn't know exactly what I was going to say. And then, and then I did, and I had a couple people who did who encouraged me to be even more bold. And I was like, all right, let's do it, you know, but also acknowledging my part in it as well and taking accountability. I think accountability is a big part for everyone, you know? And so Huge. like I, for years, allowed people to behave a certain way. And I, you know, I kept quiet and sometimes didn't even realize that I was being quiet. You know, you're conditioned to, to survive a certain way. Um, so I think it's, I think it's important for everyone this, like this period of unlearning and learning, relearning, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I'm 36 from central Wisconsin and I feel like in my lifetime, I haven't experienced, and maybe because of COVID, because everyone's on pause anyway, but it feels en masse. Mm -hmm. It feels like this may, so many people are really educating themselves for real. Yeah. And really trying to see how we can shift yeah. the mentality, the reality. Yeah, I, I do too. And I, I think that, I think that for the first time, it feels like people are listening. Um, listening and, uh, and yeah, I mean, educating too, but I, I think People, people feel more present and it's not just the people who, that it directly affects now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I'd like to think, and, and it's clumsy. Like it, it should be clumsy, you know, at least you're trying. These people are making an effort to, to learn. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Every, it's everything. Yeah. And certainly in New York, it feels, um, it feels very, everyone wants to unlearn. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's really hard to say I'm wrong and let me now figure this out. Like that's a that's a task. Yeah. But it feels like ev- certainly everybody on all of my timelines, um, everybody is so on board and dedicated. And they're like, no, I'm busy on learning. Like I can't <laughs> do that with you right now. Yeah. I can't. I'm busy and yeah. I'm busy unlearning. Yeah. And I think that is huge because change can't happen unless the person who has to do the changing wants to genuinely, or it will not work. Right. Yeah. And I think that, you know, as, as you see this a lot recently, like as social media accounts start to go back to normal, um, you know, you, you can only hope that people are still doing that work on their own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Working it into the everyday. Exactly. Exactly. Um, it was weird going, being home in Pittsburgh because I, I felt, because, you know, as, as, as it goes many times, like we, we are in a bubble here in New York. Mm-hmm. So being home in Pittsburgh and we, we went out one day and I just, I, I think, I think just being a black person, I felt the tension in, you know, certain areas of, of Pittsburgh where it's like not so liberal not you know like you see someone like driving next to you in a big pickup truck and you get nervous or you're at a rest stop mm. and you're nowhere and you're like I, am I safe you know I think 
I think they're, they're, it's still out there. And I think because of, you know, the people that we have in power that, that the hate has also been unmasked as well. So it's like, that was a, it was a, it was a reminder that it's not, it's not all unlearning and it's not, you know, it's not all the luxury that we have in our timelines of looking at these people who are doing the work, but it's an important reminder that we have to keep working because, you know, we got comfortable four years ago and got someone elected into office who didn't, who wasn't looking out for us, you know? Um, So it's, I mean, it's, it's a, it's anxiety inducing, but it's also like the fire that I think that we need. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's like, it's like, it's, it's real. Like I just feel like we're in a very real space right now. Yeah. Yeah. If you're uncomfortable, good. Good. Exactly. Exactly. Keep it up. Keep it up. Lead with love. Leave with love. We don't need to cancel our aunts and uncles. Right. With love. You know? Yeah. Let's just, you know, understand where they came from. Yeah, exactly. I really loved um, over the last month watching Pride and the Black Lives Matter movement coexist. Yes, me too. Yeah. They complimented each other so well, and everybody was so there for the right reasons, which, speaking for pride, is not always the case, does not always feel the case. Um, People left the bullshit at the door this year. Yeah, I think that That gave me some hope. It's intersectionality that's so important. I think people are really... In my, like, from what I can tell, people, people are really embracing it. I hope. They're understanding that that's important. Yeah. You know, this is all our fight, all of it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed seeing that as well. I didn't see it coming, you know? Yeah. And I knew that they would both, you know, be happening at the same time because look at the time. Yeah. But um, I just, I didn't anticipate, I didn't give any thought to how they would relate. Um, so that was a, a beautiful surprise to me. Yeah. And I'm glad I could enjoy it from the um, air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> because it was hot. I know it was. We, of course, have the two questions. I just, um, we, we spoke about the West End a bit, but uh, we didn't yeah. speak much about Dreamgirls, which it was, you know, Book of Mormon. You were with the New York company. You were in that world. Yeah. They flew you over. What a dream. What a dream. That sounds like a dream experience. Yeah. I replaced the original Laurel who was, who had health problems and had to leave the show. So it was most of the original cast except me. It was everybody except me. I came in and ironically, she also was Pilar and Legally Blonde in the West End. Look at that. Yeah. Abina Bojack, very talented woman. I mean, clearly you left a good impression <laughs> across the pond. Yeah. I mean, Casey Nicola directed Dreamgirls as well. And Sonia Friedman produced, uh, Sonia Friedman is the lead producer for Book of Mormon in the UK and was the lead producer um, in for Dreamgirls. So I had a relationship with the two of them already. Mm. So when the time came, um, to find a replacement, it was a very fast process. Yeah, you were saying 10 days later, you 
had left your life yeah. and I had finished I'd finished Sweet Charity. Uh I flew to London to surprise the cast of Mormon because they were doing their annual cast change. And so I, I left before the contract was before the all of their contracts were up. So they so Sonia flew me to London to surprise everybody. Went home six weeks later, got an email. Ten days later, had my life packed up, flew to London, got off the plane and started rehearsal that day. And then two weeks later was Laurel and Dreamgirls. Nuts. Dizzying. It was, yeah. Even like talking about it now, I'm like, I can't believe that happened. <laughs> it was so fast. Like, you're course. so game. Like, you're just like, yes, yes, yes. When do you need me? You know what's funny? Ken Davenport just said that to me the other day, and I hadn't thought about it. He was like, you, he's like, you just yes and everything in your life. Yeah. Yes and. Yeah. I guess we know I, yes I, and. I, yeah. I haven't stopped to think about it that way, but. But I guess I have. I guess just I'm natural, sure. girl. It's just natural. Well, yeah, I mean, you can only recognize that in hindsight, really, because at the time you always have your reason for saying yes. It doesn't just feel like right. yes. And you're like, yes, I need that check. Or yes, I want to go to that thing. Like, That's not how we make, not how I make decisions for right. better or worse. Right. Um, so yeah, to take pause and look back and say, oh yeah, I mean, that's that's the joy I had of researching uh, for this interview, just refreshing myself with your long career. It was so, I saw how uh, well spaced out everything was. I was like, oh, this <laughs> is steady. It doesn't make this sense. This is steady really. work. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. And you like, I, I had, I have no idea, you know, I, I had no idea that I would end up, would have ended up here from back there, you know, like this kid studying communications at NYU, like it's just, it's bizarre. It's so like, it's so unique and I could not have predicted any of it. Well, it makes perfect sense to me because you're so damn talented and you're such a joy to have in any room. Thank you. And look at your smile. I mean, thanks, Steven. (laughs) It's so good to see you again, my God. See you too. Um, Dana did mention we have two questions that oh, we yes. ask all of our guests. Okay. But enough about me. Let's talk about you. What do you think of me? <laughs> so the first is um, what was your first impression of each of us? Oh my gosh. I know. We believe in the power of the first impression. Stephen, I just remember your smile. Speaking of smiles, I just remember you being bright. It's the crest white strips, honey. <laughs> and Dana, this is the first time I met Dana. So what was my first impression? Yeah, it's such a weird question through a screen. And oh, did it change? Uh, uh, no, <laughs> you felt very familiar to me. You felt like I knew you before. Like I've known you. Yeah. Same. I felt that way too. Yeah. I know you. Same. Okay. <laughs> okay. The second question, my favorite of the two. Um, There are seven very well-known dwarves in history. If you were the eighth dwarf, what would your name be? Uh, (laughs) 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 Lauren, you can play too. (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. That's a good question. Oh, what would mine be? Lauren's like, I bet I can get, she's like, I can come up with one for her. Um, sassy. Yeah. No, that's legit. That quirky. Quirky. <laughs> <laughs> nerdy. Nerdy, quirky. Sassy or flirty? Sassy or flirty? I don't think anyone has been flirty dwarf. I don't think we've well, had a flirty dwarf. The I pick. Mm. We've definitely had slutty dwarf. Uh, see, no, I don't know if we've had. Hello. Not to slut shame. <laughs> no, slut not on this podcast. No dwarves. I'm not slut shaming any dwarves. <laughs> 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 yeah, flirty. I like. Fl- I would be flirty. I like flirty dwarf for you. Yeah. It's it like sassy good. with a wink. Exactly. Yeah, sassy's cliche too. Lorden's right. Sassy's cliche. Flirty. Had to workshop in a minute. I yes, hear you. Exactly. I've, listen, I've done a couple workshops in my career. I know what they're about, okay? Ah! I mean, do you I, love I, a workshop? Do you love a 29 hour? Do you love a lab? Uh, yes, I do, actually. I do. Well, it depends on the piece, I guess. If it's not good, then you're like, get me out of here. Or actually, if it's not good, then you're like, oh, this is all I have to you're do. Like, I'm only 29, 29 more hours. hours. That's it. Uh, as you know, coming to New York, you know, I re- I've been thinking a lot about when I first came to New York lately. My anniversary is coming up, um, yeah. and you know, moving here, I didn't know what any of that was. So when I think back of like my New York theater life, I still think the most exciting thing to me was learning about workshops and labs and learning about the things that don't necessarily ever go anywhere else Yeah, for a million and one reasons. Um, but the stuff that me as a kid in Los Angeles would never have access to. Totally. When yeah. something's a huge Broadway musical, you get a cast recording, you get something, yeah. you can have an experience with it from anywhere. Yeah. Um, That's but then, how you know, going to these- made. That's going right. to workshops and going to readings and saying, ooh, that's a neat idea. Ooh, I like that music. And- hoping you hear it again yeah yeah it's that's magic it is magic it's it's fun to to put your stamp on something too you know especially with, i mean with mormon <clears throat> we did two workshops so we did i joined on one of the last readings and then we did two full workshops before we went to broadway and top secret operation top secret, top secret. yeah it was so fun Oh, I bet to have been a fly on that wall. Yeah. Oh my God. I had tickets, ticket, one by myself to see Book of Mormon for the first time when quarantine hit. It was the first of my tickets to get canceled. And I was like, no. I was finally going to take my ass to see Book of Mormon. Oh no. I'm so sad. Oh my God. I've been around for 12 years, so I've had no excuse, but. That's all right. I have not been back to see it in 12 years and I've been wanting to. So Dana, when you reschedule, let me know. Yes, let's reschedule. Because I've been meaning to go back. Because I want John to see it too. He's never seen it. Oh, you guys have to go see it. I, I love it. The music came on my shuffle the other day. I was like, oh, there's an old friend. Oh my gosh. I love that. I'm yeah. so bad at seeing shows that have been here forever. 
because you take it for granted that it'll be here forever. I do. Yeah, I do. You know, he's like, what's going to close next week? (laughs) Gotta see Gary. Gotta see Gary. Gotta get to Gary. (laughs) Hey, I loved Um, Gary. I did too. I'm not Gary shaming. I love Gary. (laughs) (laughs) You just, that was like so good. So random. I did not think you were going to say Gary. This has been an actual delight. Likewise. Thank you for taking some time out of your evening. This is so much fun, you guys. Tell the people where they can find you online to keep up um, with your shenan. I am at Asmarette Gebra Mikkel. Should I spell it? It's very long. It will be in the description and also the title. There you go. The name will be in both. Perfect. For Um, spelling. On Instagram and then on Twitter, I am at Asmaret Yamane, Y E M A N E, which is my middle name and my dad's first name. Incidentally, <gasps> cute. Yeah, love dads. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's that's it. Great. Fabu. Yeah. Thank you again for spending time in our um, digital room. Thank you for having me. This is so much fun. And once it is safe to gather and have a drink, um, I would love to have that night with you. Flirty Dwarf would love to enjoy it. Yeah! (laughs) Gassy Dwarf will be there too. Oh my God. (laughs) All right, uh, rumors. Until next time. Bye. Bye. In the Room with Stephen and Dana is produced by Stephen Farizy and Dana Craig. Special thanks to Joel Wagoner for tinkling the ivories on our theme song. Hit him up at joelwagoner.com. We apologize and you're welcome. We'd also like to thank Jesse Weiner, W-I-E-N-E-R, for our jazzy original music sprinkled throughout each episode. You can find him at jessewiener.com. Last but certainly not least, we'd like to thank Kevin Thomas Garcia for taking all of our ridiculous photos. You can find him online at ktgnyc.com. We are all over the internet on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at InTheRoomPod. Follow us, like us, share us, pimp us out. And don't forget to subscribe to In The Room Podcast. We everywhere, so subscribe. And thank you so much for listening. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.